We are Black Girl Squee, and you can find us on Twitter as Black Girl Squee and also on Tumblr. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, um, all under Black Girl Squee. Uh, to remind you, we do have a Patreon, and you can find that at patreon.com slash blackgirlsquee. And contact, uh, if you want to contact either of us individually, I am Inda at Inda's Corner. As Didi said, she is Didi at this daughter, and as already said, podcast collectively is at Black Girl Squee, and we also have an email, blackgirlsquee at gmail.com, so, you know, send us a note, um, give us feedback, you know, suggestions, anything you want to talk about on the show. As we said before, the podcast is available on a variety of outlets, including Apple Podcasts, uh, so Google Play Podcasts, and your favorite podcatcher by using our RSS feed, and of course, all of our episodes are up at our um, host site, blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. A short note on our spoiler policy, and it is, we spoil shit. And we are not sorry. So if you hear us talk about a show, a film, or a book, or something like that, chances are we're going to spoil it. And uh, one other housekeeping note, as you heard at the beginning, we squee really, really, really loud. We cuss a lot, and we talk about dick. And again, we are not sorry. (laughs) Okay, and so um, with that, we are going to jump into our Squee-worthy news. And Daddy, would you like to start us off there? Okay. Um, Ayanna Presley makes history as... She becomes, uh, she wins the congressional seat in Massachusetts 7th District. Uh, She will be the first black woman to represent the state of Massachusetts in Congress. And um, she takes this seat from uh, incumbent Mike Capuano, who um, (laughs) (laughs) people um, may know is Cap's uncle, um, Chris Evans' uncle. Uh, on, on his mother's side. Um, yeah, uh, Capuano held the seat for um, 10 terms. Um, so, about two decades. Um, so, you know. It was time for him to go. Yeah, it was time for him to get up out of there. And uh, people wanted to change. Yep. So, um, her platform uh, includes um, gun control, which she describes as uh, the gun epidemic. Um, mm-hmm. She's fighting for equitable and affordable child care, closing the gender pay gap, and one of my faves, abolishing ICE. Yes. Yes. Um, fuck that institution. Um, yes. I, I love I love listening to uh, um, uh, press uh, try to you know beat around the bush when it comes to uh, people having um, abolish ice on their platform like they wanna <laughs> they wanna you know go one step forward and take two steps back when it when it comes to that but people are very clear. Ocasio mm-hmm. Cortez was clear when she said it. Um, Ayanna Presley is clear when she says it. Abolish fucking ICE. Yes. Um, Not reform it. No. Some some institutions are too corrupt. They they cannot be perform, uh, con- reformed. Like 
mm-hmm. the police and ICE and some of these other um, yeah might need to look at homeland security and all that good stuff um, so uh, exciting news for Ayanna Presley and um, this is just one of the many black women that are running for office yes. this year so um, yes Please uh, uh, do some research. Go online. Um, there are there's there's probably a black woman in your area running <laughs> running for office yeah. that could use your support. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, try to try I, to help them out. No, can I just say I love that her name is Ayana. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why? Why you just like that name? Yeah, I like that name, and I'm sorry, that's that's a, that's, a, that's kind of a black ass name. <laughs> well, she she um hiding the fact that she was black, and she I liked in her um her um uh first speech uh, when she won. You know, she was calling out Trump. Um, <laughs> she basically she, she she actually said. He's racist and misogynist, and <laughs> all this other other stuff. And and he um he disrespects immigrants and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yes, you gonna tell the truth? Yep. Tell yep. the truth. But mm-hmm. Capuano didn't wouldn't do that. Oop. Yep. So to Ayanna Presley, we give a big. All right. Um, the next item, uh, you may have heard by now, but uh, Issa Rae's HBO show Insecure has been renewed for a fourth season. This was announced on Thursday, and uh, right now it's in the middle of the third season. And so, um, it's um, this show has actually been a really, a really huge deal like it's been a critical hit for HBO it's been a ratings one or two and um, oh I forgot uh, Issa Rae is uh, she's currently an Emmy nominee for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series mm-hmm. I yeah I completely forgot about that oops oh Emmy should be coming up soon then hmm. okay we'll, we'll see but anyway uh, like I said the um, yeah they uh, episode 5 is this Sunday yeah oh Okay, so they're not very far into the season, maybe like no, halfway they're, through. Yeah, they're halfway through. They usually only have yeah. eight episodes. Yeah. But uh, like I said, apparently this this week the girls take a weekend trip to celebrate Tiffany. While Molly has trouble leaving her obsession with work behind. Yeah, that sounds like that's going to work out well. Yeah, but, they're going uh, to be at Coachella. So. Oh my gosh. So, okay. I don't know if this is, if they're... Going to Beachella, um, that would be oh, that would be that cool. W- but um, yeah, they might not make it with their messy asses. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they just gonna end up with a broke down car somewhere, and, or drunk, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. something, something gonna happen. But yeah, this is like one of the most successful I've known of a show led by a black woman to be, especially like on a outlet like HBO because I mean like all of them are on like cable instead of let Jesse on the rhymes but she's so um yeah okay so to Issa Rae to the cast and crew of Insecure congratulations and we want to give them a big They have great music on there too, so shout out to yes, um, yes, all the music they um, get on there. Yes, oh, shout out to my boo Raphael Sadiq. <laughs> anyway, um, so moving on, uh, let me get this out of the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we got um just a quick little sports section. Um, the Washington Mystics are in the WNBA Finals for the first time in their franchise history. So that's Yay. 21 years 
that uh, they haven't gone to the finals and now they're there. Um, they went to Seattle and uh, got blown out in game one. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it too much. It's kind of that's painful. Not a bad score. That's not like a huge... Dude, d- that's deceiving because there was... Well, I know you were it, watching. There was time. Well. There was times that uh, the storm was leading by like twenty-five points. It was ugly. Oh, wow. It was ugly. Okay. It was really okay. bad. It was really, really bad. <laughs> I'm still okay. trying to recover. I never want to okay. see that game again. I'm gonna act like it really didn't happen. Um, okay. So game one still really starts on Sunday. Um, <laughs> Y'all will, y'all, y'all will, they'll call it game two to y'all, but, um, it's game one to me, cause, uh, whoo. Um, okay, that rough, okay. It was, oh, it was rough. And I had to watch it sober, so, um. <laughs> okay. The... <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> Not again, never again. Um, <laughs> game one. Or two, if y'all want to be technical, starts on Sunday <laughs> at 3 p.m. And uh, ooh, I'm going to watch and see if my mystics can come back because it's going to be really hard to play worse than they did um, in, in that other game. So, um, yay, mystics. Um, do better, mystics. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So well, it's that it's that first final series, so you know yes. they gotta they gotta get their legs under them. Oh, you know, yes, get used, used to it. Yes, you please know. God, please get it together. <laughs> okay. Um. So on the happier news, <laughs> Naomi Osaka is the first Japanese woman in the U.S. Open final. She will play a relatively well-known tennis player <laughs> named Serena Williams may have won a match or two yeah just a or a Wimbledon or two and a US Open or two she's probably she's she's won 23 Grand Slam so yeah she's won <laughs> she's won a couple <laughs> um so um but what's wild is that um Naomi uh, grew up looking up to uh, yes. Serena. So um, Naomi is 20, and of course, Serena yes. is 36. So um, Serena is actually playing the next generation of, of yes. tennis players that she inspired in yes. Wild, that she and Venus inspired. Um, They've played before um, earlier this year at the Miami Open, and Osaka won, won that one. I think Serena was just coming back from mm-hmm. having her baby girl, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Osaka's coach uh, used to work with Serena as a hitting partner for eight years, which is interesting. And um, Richard Williams inspired Naomi's father. Uh, to teach her to play tennis, um, teach Aww. Naomi and her sister. So, um, so uh, uh, um, Naomi's father had two girls, just like Richard uh, did. Um, well, I think, yeah. Serena had a Serena and Venus had, had another sister, but I think she passed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Osaka said, um, quote, even when I was a little kid, I always dreamed that I would play Serena in a final of a Grand Slam. Just the fact that it is happening, I'm very happy about it. At the same time, I feel like even though I should enjoy this moment, I should still think of it as another match. I shouldn't really think of her as like my idol, end quote. <laughs> But like, how can you not? How can you not? Exactly. I mean, right after she um, won the match against uh, Madison Keys to bring her to the finals, um, she told the interviewer, you know, as she was playing the match, um, she said, you know, 
I know this is going to sound bad, but all I could think was, I really want to play Serena. (laughs) (laughs) And the interviewer asked her, um, do you have any warning for Serena as you enter the final? (laughs) And all Naomi could say was, I love you. (laughs) I know, right? It's like, like, nah, I love Serena. (laughs) It was was so cute the way she said it. She was like, I love you. (laughs) She had no warning for Serena. So, um, yeah, good good luck thinking of it as just another match. Um, So, um, Osaka's game is kind of similar to Williams. Um, They're both... um, uh, power servers, power um, um, players, so it should be interesting um, to see how they play each other. Um, so uh, as we're recording, the match is just beginning, so um, and I'm going to try to stay off uh, Twitter and uh, everything until I can <laughs> get a chance to watch it, because this should be good. So, to um, Osaka and Serena, because we've got it, because they're both black girls, even though Osaka is also um, uh, Japanese. She was born in Japan. Um, Yep. uh, So, we give them both a... Okay, now that we got some good screwworthy news out of the way, it is now time to catch the fade. And there are a couple of things here today. And um, you want me to want me to yeah start? yeah please because I know you love Janet. Okay, I know you love Janet just yeah. like I do. Yeah, yeah, and this just this is really infuriating. Ooh, girl. So. We got the, well, I mean, we already knew, but we got the news, official news this week. And you may have heard about uh, somebody who's like the head of CBS or something like that. His name is Les Moonves. I think that's how you pronounce his name, or Les Moons. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't really give a shit. But uh, if you may remember in 2004, this whole incident at the Super Bowl with... uh, Y'all's uh, boy Justin Timberfake ripping away a part of uh, Janet Jackson, Jackson's costume and bodice and exposing her breast. And well, as it turns out, he goes to Moons or however you pronounce his name. I'm just going to call him Les from now on because, you know, I'll treat him like a familiar since he doesn't mean anything to me. And um, well, Justin goes and apparently tearfully apologized for it and that was cool thing is Janet did not personally apologize to him because we all do know she did make a public apology even though I didn't think that was necessary for the whole thing it's just a titty but yeah exactly and quite frankly technically it was covered I'm sorry the nipple was covered with a pasty so also it was just for like a fraction of a second like it was exactly like Exactly. Nobody actually really saw anything. Like they said, unless you like paused it and you know TiVo'd it and uh, blew it up uh, by however much you could, you didn't really see anything. So whatever. But apparently that left Les really, really obsessed with ruining Janet Jackson's career. And technically, he 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 really did kind of do it because she did. She got blacklisted for a very long time. And there's an article in the Huffington Post, and he said that he wasn't convinced that it, he was convinced it wasn't a malfunction, but rather an intentional bid to stir up controversy. He'd been open about the fact that the incident caused him embarrassment, and he told sources that spoke to the writer, um, the, the writer says that Jackson, you know, in his mind, was not sufficiently repentant. Not sufficiently repentant. So, 
he ordered both MTV, VH1, and other, you know, Viacom-owned radio stations to stop playing her videos and her music. And apparently, he was furious when she got a book deal with Simon & Schuster. And, you know, taking taking her music off of these stations, um, it affected her sales a lot. It did, Um, yep. She, you know, because... I mean, she's a Jackson. She's used to going, her albums go platinum and double platinum and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. um, The album that came out right after this whole controversy, Demita Joe, which was really, Mm -hmm. which was a pretty good album, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, struggled to sell like a million copies. Um... And um, other others, and her career really kind of floundered after that. Um, um, it only, it only, she only kind of set the the ship right with the last album, Unbreakable, mm-hmm. which you know that title has new meaning to me yes. now. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because it was coming back, you know, after her brother's death. It was her first yep. album after her brother's death. But also, it's kind of thumbing her nose at Les Moonves saying, You tried to break me, but I am unbreakable. So, I love the way that Janet just says, Fuck you, but in the nicest way. In that nice small voice. <laughs> oh, she's so, I just, she, I love her. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, that's yeah, just shows you know her her strength and her endurance you know as an artist. You know, and she got back with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, which is you got to yep. get the family back together. You got to get them. Yeah, they're they're yep. the glue. They're the team. It's those three. They just make magic together. Um, and really good albums. Uh, so but it's wild to me that. The, this report says the incident, the Nipplegate, whatever, caused him embarrassment when, come to find out, his ass is has been accused yeah. of several allegations of sexual harassment. And he's Ow. currently settling with a lot of these people right now. And Girl. once this in- investigation is finished, he's probably going to lose his, at his fucking job. And I, I can't wait. Bye. He should have been gone. And he had his wife on on CBS talk shows talking about um, Justin apologized and she did and she didn't, which was as if a bold faced lie. It was a lie. It was yeah, a lie. I'm- and, and also, as if that would still be any reason to try to like ruin somebody's career. Exactly. Why are you talking about this woman? And, and slandering her name on national television, you and your husband should get sued. I hope so. Like, do you realize how much, how, how this has uh, waylaid her career? Like, Janet should sue Les Moonves, sue John Singleton for that bullshit that he pulled on Poetic Justice. Um, oh. Which, if you don't know, um, yeah. he lied about. Um, he lied about saying um, Janet wanted to get Tupac Shakur, her co-star in that movie, tested for like HIV before she kissed him. Right, which is a fucking lie. Um, yeah, that he just did. I I don't know why he lied about that. Publicity. Publicity stunt. Slander in the name of pop royalty. Like, why are you coming at the Jacksons like that? And of all people, Janet. And I don't think he's apologized. He's just now admitting it. Yeah. He's just now recently admitting it. So, fuck John Singleton, too. Yep. And, um, but yeah, but back to this Moonves creep. 
Um, if he's embarrassed by a titty, he should really be embarrassed about harassing a whole bunch of people at his exactly, at his exactly. So I I just don't. The cognitive dissonance is killing me here. Like, how are you embarrassed by a titty shown for one second and not even a whole titty? But being accused of sexual harassment by more than one person is nothing to you. Just something that you want to um, keep quiet with settlement money. White men are a trip. I just... And it's, just, it's like, and also in these cases, like that, when people say, just imagine, like, how many people had their careers just blunt, wait, just you know, shattered, you know, not because you know they did something, but because something happened to them, because they didn't play ball. There's a whole bunch of people. If you read that article, that that wouldn't even talk to uh, the author of the article off the record, because mm. they know. If Moonves found out who they were and what they said, that would that would fuck up their career for the rest of their life. This guy is yep. like a dog with a bone once he once he holds a grudge against you. Yep. He's held a grudge against Janet Jackson for what? It's going on 14, 15 years. Yeah, wow. I was about to say like 15 years. So. This is ridiculous. And the thing is, like, if it took her this long to just, you know, kind of get back to, you know, um, late 90s, early, you know, 2000 era Janet, and, and she's Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Imagine how, how much he could have, he fucked up other people. You know, she had to be Janet Jackson to get back to where Janet Jackson is. And this is, and I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, fans. Are, she had fans who's going to love her no matter what because we all grew up with her in the 80s. And so, you know, that fan was going to be there. But imagine, like, the, you know, the kids now who, you know, didn't, you know, really get a, a good, you know, taste of what she could do on, you know, you know on her records and also on stage because how long... How long has it been since she toured with like this tour she's on now? Before then, like the last tour I even remember was the Velvet Rope tour, and that was late nineties. And did she have a tour in between this and that? I I I don't even know. I know that she Man. was kept off of TV. Um, she couldn't yeah. even be a part of. Um, Luther Vandross's tribute of the Grammys. Um, yeah, they, they, she did get banned from the Grammys, didn't she? Yeah, the, yeah, the last time, I mean, the, the first time that she finally did TV again was maybe a few years ago at, at I want to say, either the Billboard Awards or mm-hmm. the American Music Awards. Um, like, they kept her off of TV for a long time, which yeah is wild. I mean, she's a Jackson. She's, she's a Janet Jackson. Jackson. Like she's with all Janet of the exactly with all of the history and the 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 team that she she must have behind her, um, with all the clout that she must have. Um, in the music industry with record labels and stuff like that. Like, she bounced around from record label to record label after this um, mm. incident. Um, wow. Uh, which is wild. If, if a Jackson can't keep a record deal, who can? Yep. Who can? And all because of a titty and a white guy with a grudge. Yep. Who was dirty his damn self mm-hmm. this is I just ooh sue the pants off of him he's about to get a golden parachute from CBS when they fire yep. him 
I hope Janet comes for all of those coins. She deserves them. And I'm going to put it this way. I really don't. I'm I'm really not for women getting punished for something that men does, especially women of color. But his wife stood standing right by him and trying to, you can tell she's also kind of resentful now that especially, you know, this story is coming out and also that Janet continues to be successful. She seems kind of resentful for that. So I kind of don't have any, um, I don't have any, um, I don't harbor any goodwill toward her right now. She boldface lied on Janet on national TV. Yeah, so I don't have any goodwill toward her. Yeah, no, no. She was basically, she's basically, um, you know, saying on national TV lies that Les Moonves, her husband, told her. So what she can do is get the fuck out of my face and be yep. a co-defendant on this lawsuit that um, that Janet finna um, try them for. Like, yep. I hope she fries them both. Yep. They both can go. Yep. Um, like, she's supposed to be a journalist. Yes. But she didn't even bother to research this stuff she's like oh my my husband told me she didn't apologize i'm gonna say on national tv on this talk show um that she didn't apologize um wow wow i just oh anyways yeah okay so uh we've been well, we've that... been new this yeah. shit we've been new. yeah we been knew that there was like a blacklist going out against one of the biggest names in all of music. It's probably why she still hasn't been been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Huh. Good point. But anyway, so so less, yeah can catch all the fades I don't give a shit what happens to you from now on I hope hope you get sued for everything you got I hope you lose everything everything cause I know you ain't got cause I know you ain't got the power to bounce back like she does I'm just gonna go away I know you don't you're not unbreakable no <laughs> but my okay. is, and all of yes. the best to you Janet Demita Joe Jackson and your little babe Isa, and um, so cute. Oh, such a big head baby. Um, so <laughs> and all right. Whew. So well, that was one fade. We still got plenty more. Oh, I got Because we always got plenty of fades. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you go take because this is your area. This is uh, definitely your area. So I, why don't you tell us about this? Okay, fine. All right, <laughs> straight up, straight up. Um, uh, sports media is doing the WNBA dirty. Um, this season has been one of the best in the whole. Um, just, just since the existence of the WNBA. Um, there's been great basketball played um, all year. Um, Liz Cambage was breaking records for scoring in the regular season um, as a part of the Dallas Wings. Um, Skylar Diggins-Smith is a star point guard in the league. Um, I wish they'd been able to make a deeper run in the playoffs, but the single elimination rounds are a bitch. Um, oh, we'll talk. Um, wow. I'll have to talk about that later, but well, basically, um, the first two rounds of the playoffs, they've changed um, in, the, in the past three years or so, they've, they've changed the format of the playoffs so that oh, the first no. two rounds are single elimination games, and then you have Ugh. the semifinals and then the finals. 
Um, my, the Mystics um, were a top seed, so they got a bye for the first round. Um, and then um, they played in the second single elimination round against the Los Angeles Sparks, who are mm-hmm. former WNBA champions. Um, but Skylar Diggins Smith, um, they struck, uh, and Liz Cambage on the wings, um, they struggled. They had a slump after All Star break um, where they just couldn't seem to catch a break or win a game. And um, so they struggled to get um, a playoff spot, and uh, they ended up um, losing um, in the first round of single elimination games. Um, so, so you have stars like uh, them. We've talked about Liz Cambage on the on the show before. She dropped 53 points on the New York Liberty and made a scoring record. Um, she, um, the next game, dropped 35 points on my Washington Mystics um, and scarred <laughs> me for life. Um, <laughs> um, so she's terrifying. She's she's a great player. She's terrifying. Um, <laughs> there's um, legit um, Hall of Fame players uh, that are playing great basketball at like um, in their late 30s um, Sue Bird who is part of the Seattle Storm currently kicking my mystic's ass in the finals and uh, Diana Tara <laughs> moving on and um, Diana, <laughs> Diana Tarasi who is another Hall of Famer um, who uh, plays on the Phoenix Mercury with Brittany Griner. Um, and uh, of course, there are the stars of the Washington Mystics, um, best team in the league, in my opinion, uh, Elena Deladon and Christy Tolliver. And um, there's star power on just about every team. Um, and they should be getting more attention and more money um but they don't get enough media coverage um by far like we have the WNBA finals going on and you would not know it if you went on NBA Twitter if you went on um NBA TV or Anything, if you looked at anything regarding um, professional basketball, it would, you would be hard-pressed to know that the WNBA playoffs have been going on. Like, there's been great basketball right under your nose for the past three or four months, and you haven't been paying attention to it because mainstream media has not been paying attention to it. They would rather um, just feel gossip about what other people, other um, what teams and players have been saying in the off season. Like NBA players, the guys, they they haven't been doing shit. Mm-hmm. This is this is their off season. They're done playing. They don't start playing again until like October. Um, mm-hmm. The NBA, but the WNBA has been going on this whole time, and you ha- and they have not been paying attention to it. Um, and it's a shame because it, it, it's a shame because this is they're missing out on some great basketball. Um, so um, ESPN, they just uh, WNBA just made a, um, a new deal a few years ago. With with ESPN to show more games and um, you just basically have more coverage, but um, but ESPN regularly boots uh, WNBA off games off of their um, main channel and onto their sub channels for college football because it gets more ratings, is what they say. But, I mean, for the games that they have shown on ESPN, the ratings have gone up for WNBA. So, if you play it, people will watch. 
but if you boot it to ESPN3 or watch ESPN, it's going to be harder for people to get to. Um, they started uh, playing, showing some games on Twitter, streaming them on Twitter, so you could watch the game and live tweet, and that was fun this year. I really like that. I hope they keep doing that. Um, but I don't know if they're ever going to do that for playoff games. Um, uh, although they should. I mean, if you're going to boot it to like ESPN3, you might as well also show it on um, Twitter. So to let people um, um, see it. I mean, uh, it's just it's just blatant sexism. And it's really disrespectful because these are professional um, mm -hmm. players who are really good at what they do and um, and they've been playing their hearts out this this season and it's just it's so disheartening to not see them get the respect that they deserve um, there are no pre-games or post-games that cover the WNBA we are in the finals we still don't have that coverage um, most of the time when I tune into a playoff game um, I will have to wait until they're until the previous show is finished talking about football which at that time had not started yet the NFL had not started yet they okay. were still talking about um, NFL previews when I'm, you know, waiting for the WNBA playoff games to start. Um, WNBA playoff games should be um, prefaced by a pregame where you set up the stories, the narratives, um, the stuff to watch for, the players to watch for, talk about any injuries that may have occurred, who's in, who's out, who's going to be starting, stuff like that. Basic mm -hmm. stuff that you do for every other sport you show on these channels. But I don't know if they have the personnel that know the players or know the game or know the league. I don't know what their excuse is. Mm -hmm. um, same goes for podcasts. We sh there should be a lot more WNBA podcasts. Um, I did a search the other day. I could the the number of podcasts that are running and uh, still generating content um, that haven't pod faded or whatever. I can count on one hand. So, and some of those don't even cover the whole WNBA. They just cover one team. So that would make that even less. Um, wow. So, you know, media will say that they're overworked um, and they're stretched too thin uh, in this climate. And that may be so. Um, but just, I mean, there's a lot of NBA reporters that aren't really doing much of anything right now because it's the NBA offseason. Mm -hmm. They could bone up on the WNBA and, and cover that. They, they could have done that. I don't know why they didn't. They're, you know, the latest story on NBA Twitter was that um, somebody dug up... Um, uh, a, a song that Kevin Durant and LeBron James did, a rap song that they did in 2011. I'm like, it's a slow news day in NBA land. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have the WNBA fucking finals going on to win a championship. But y'all want to talk about this rap song from 2011? Like really? What 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 is this? What what? Um Yeah. It you know, it hit me earlier you said, you know, the WNBA it, 
has been around for 21 years now. And I remember, you know, when it first, you know, when the league first appeared. The thing is, what I also remember, I mean, there's just a general disrespect for women in sports anyway. Because the year before the WA um, premiered, there was actually another women's uh, American women's basketball league called the ABL. The only place I ever saw their games was on BET. And then when the WNBA came, ABL just kind of disappeared because the, the WNBA eclipsed it. But then it's like with that, with the WNBA, I was really disappointed because, one, the seasons are so short. Yeah, and they're, they the got even shorter this short. season. Wow. Because, I mean, like NBA basketball will last like eight, <laughs> eight months or so. WNBA was literally like over a summer. Yeah. And then I found out this year, the NBA now actually has a summer league <laughs> where they would take, like, their rookie and their second-year players and stuff like that and give them a chance to, you know, play in these leagues and, you know, evolve their game and grow up. I'm like, it's like there is an, an entirely different league you can um, follow, you know, with women playing. And it's like you, can, you can't find women's games like college sports just on on any like you know accessible outlet you know to see I mean you you might have to have like ESPN 87 or you know like Fox Sports or something you know that you can only get by satellite to even to even be aware that you know college women play and it's also like with other types of sports like women's soccer league they do so much better than their male counterparts but they barely get paid. Yeah. And you can't even see, I don't, I don't even know if you can see where anybody plays any of that. There's just a general disrespect for women in sports. But it's like WNBA should, like you said, it's been around for 21 years. They should have been worked this out better by now. Yeah. That's what I got to say about it. I, I, I agree. Um, WNBA players should be played more like the biggest stars in the WNBA get probably a fraction of what a role player in the W in the, in the NBA gets mm-hmm. played. A role yep. player like Candace Parker is one of the biggest stars in the WNBA. She's an MVP, mm-hmm. WNBA champion. Um, uh, her Sparks and the Minnesota Lynx have been going back and forth in the finals for the past two or three seasons um, until, until this year. Um, what she gets paid is only a fraction of what um, some guy coming off the bench for an NBA team would get paid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Same goes yeah. for Skylar Diggins-Smith. Um for any of these players um it's it's ridiculous um it 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 needs to stop you know things like this or what we're talking about when when we talk about a gender pay gap um yep yep exactly like they're doing the same job Mm mm-hmm sometimes better they surely can shoot a lot better than a lot of the yeah. in the NBA. Um, cause the Lord. Ooh. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, a lot better shooters. Just, um, just really, just really good at what they do. They, they, after 21 years, it should be better by now, but it's not. It's 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 like the disrespect. People have gotten used to the disrespect, disrespect, and you just have yep. to work your way around it and find these games when you can. And um, it's just yeah. I yeah I don't know I don't maybe it'll yeah. get better because the some of the some of the emerging stars of the game are gosh. It sucks to say it, but some of the, the emerging stars in the game are oh attractive white women, but um, uh, although you know um, 
yeah, that opens up something yeah, else. I'm like, yeah. don't even get me started on. Don't even get me started on. Yeah, some I mean, of the shit because you know my, but um, you know you still have to deal with homophobia because people may not want to deal. Yeah. With people, people always yeah. assume that oh, WNBA yeah. is a league full of lesbians. There are some. Yeah. I mean. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, we know Brittany Griner. Yeah. We know her. Um, the, my um, mystics, uh, Washington. Um, Mystics uh, old star Elena Deladon is out. Um, she, she and her wife and their um, their dog children are very happy uh, together. <laughs> and um, yeah. you know, Sue Bird is out. Um, there are some, not everybody. There are some. No, that's 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 also like really glad to hear because when when the when, well I was I went to grad school like when the league was still young and I was reading one of the things and one of the things that the league was doing when at first they were trying to make it like uh like you said that homophobia was there and they were trying to make it like family friendly like they encouraged women to like bring their families you know to you know games and stuff and try to I don't know heteronormalize it you know, like you know. well it made no sense (laughs) you know like why are you trying to put this aura of you know heteronormativity you know on a sports game as if it's necessary in the first place and so yeah they got to deal with that too it doesn't matter exactly like once these players get on the court i don't exactly i don't care who (laughs) they date i know right just win the game i'm (laughs) here to watch them play basketball I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not watching them do anything else. What's that got to do? I mean, we don't, we don't think about that when it, when NBA players step on the court. Exactly. Because we assume that most of them are straight. But Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But still, either way, exactly. it doesn't fucking matter. No. See, now you just got me thinking about a sports romance uh, two women on opposing WNBA teams and they end up kind of having a, a magic a big match against each other she, there, please there's uh, there's Brittany Griner and her ex wife are on opposing WNBA oh, team wow. um, oh, I think man. they played each other this year I think I'm not gonna lie I would watch just for that drama yeah um, and so I'm busy as I watch just for that drama I'm saying WNBA has got drama and storylines for that ass, but you would never oh, yeah. know because nobody fucking covers it. And exactly, that's where I'm gonna end it because I could go on no. all day, but I won't. Okay, so look, show women athletes some damn respect, Fuck please. Shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Okay, we're going to happier, happier stuff. Yes. And so we are going to now talk about dick. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Give it up for dick, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! <laughs> and so... <laughs> Wow, now I feel kind of like, oh, wow. <laughs> we just, we kinda, took a 180, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, this is, uh, I, I don't know how, how much this is um, about dick with him. Because he's, uh, well, okay, so our entry this week is a man you may have finally heard of. His name is Terrence Nance. Terrence Nance, he's about 36 years old. I say that because I just know he was born in 1982. I don't know what month he was born in. And I did not know he was from Dallas, Texas. However, he is also a graduate of New York University where he studied visual art. And the reason I bring this up is because you may um, know him from a little show he has on HBO now called Random Acts of Flightness. Well, before that, he released a film in 2012. It was called An Oversimplification of Her Beauty, which was made from like lots of his earlier short films, his animation, and his original music. And for some reason, I feel compelled to mention that when that film got made, he, um, our 
dear late Reggie Cathy, he did some narration for the film because you can hear like when Terrence is narrating, then it'll just shift into Reggie Cathy's voice, Aww. and you know he does that. And so, if you've never seen that film, it's a ride. I mean, if you've seen Random Acts of Flightness, you know that's a ride too. But um, he brought the style that he, you know, that he developed, you know, in you know his uh, visual art, his yeah, his visual art days in school, brought that to Random Acts of Flightness, and that show has actually also been renewed for a second season, and this first season just came to a close this past Friday. So yeah, six episodes in um, that season, and man, that show was a fucking mind trip. <laughs> anyway, um. His style is it's called um, it's a form of Afro surrealism, mm. and interestingly, I was reading an interview with he did, and he says it falls in lines with shows like Martin and Living Color and The Chappelle Show, but we don't think of those as um, Afro surrealism. And he, you know, describes like a scene from Martin that he thought was very surreal and all. But um, um, yeah, it's, you know, very interesting that you know he falls in them because some, for some reason. People always want to compare his show to Atlanta, and I have to admit, I've never seen Atlanta, but I think there are those elements there too. But like, other than that, of course, oh, it's a black dude running this show. It's a black dude running this show. They must be similar. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, and, but, yeah. I'm looking at these pictures. Uh, he is cute, and I love his hair. His cap too. Girl, he got that fro. Oh. Girl, he got that fro. Isn't that cute little cap too? Got that cute little cap. But um, I have to say also that one of the things that I personally like about Random Acts of Flyness, you can tell how much influence black women have behind the camera as well as in front of it. I mean, there are black women all in, you know, that show throughout the whole thing, and they look like, <laughs> they look like me. <laughs> they look like me, and I mean, wow. But it's like... You know, there are parts that center, you know, black women. There are parts, you know, they're giving the commentary. But it's like you can tell that they are, they're more than just the performers, you know, in front of the camera. You can see that, okay, you can look at this like, yeah, some black women were writing the fuck out of this. Okay. And, um, see, that's where um, the show in Atlanta diverged because there is yeah. exactly one black woman in the writer's room at Atlanta. So. Well, there's 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 plenty on Random Acts of Flightness. You can watch the end credits, and you'll see like three out of the five writers would be like black women. Yeah, so they and the other stop. two are like black men. Yeah, they really yeah. stop comparing the two then. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm not really surprised by that because I mean I have some criticisms of an oversimplification, but I kind of feel like he was making that in his early twenties, and he's in his mid thirties now. And so, like, you can, I can see some growth. But also, um, in fact, like, more than 10 years ago, he and many of the fellow artists who are actually now working on the show, they launched a creative collective called MVMT, so I'm guessing movement mm-hmm. would be how you pronounce that. And it focused on producing stories by black women. Okay. All right. So, All right. yeah, so, so t- I mean, they're one of the episodes I actually really loved about this show I think it was the second episode it dealt with gender and masculinity and so you know you have lots of you know trans women you know just kind of talking you know to the camera you know talking about you know their experience living and it's also cis you know black women talking about you know what they you know love and you know don't like about their bodies and stuff like that and then just really all of these things about masculinity you know dudes just being comfortable, you know, hollering at each other on the street, yo, you know, that hairline, you know, working on it, and then, you know, just giving each other this group hug, you know, in the middle of the street, stuff like that, I mean, and so this definitely, it's one of those shows, I've watched every episode, but now I want to, like, binge it and watch it all at once, because it, um, because it's kind of like this, I think it all works to get it would work together. It's like a, a whole like three plus hour film because the way it's structured, because there are some things that you know they come up in multiple shows, and you kind of have those lines you know between the shows, and it's this really really great cinema verite format, and you know I can totally see um, how that came from you know his earlier work and stuff, and how he finally brought that here and. You know, I mean, even a really good show that um, 
kind of tackled whiteness. And you see at the end, he's kind of arguing with himself. I said I didn't want to focus. I didn't want to center whiteness in anything. Like, and what am I doing and all that stuff like that. And it's, like I said, it is a mind trip. But it works on so many levels because it's like what he says, you know, blackness is not a monolith. And so you have all of these different ways of experiencing blackness in this show. And so, yeah. So, um, and yeah, and like you said, he got that cute fro. <laughs> I love his hair. Um, yeah, that nice little fro. And yeah. Let He's, me run the, my fingers through your dreadlocks, even though you don't have dreadlocks. <laughs> Yeah. Down. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a nice fro. He got a beard working. And, uh, he got a beard working. Yeah, we appreciate oh, yeah. him here. He's, he's a he's cute. He's a cute looking. He's a cute guy. No, I'm not just saying that because because he's a you know a creative. He's the type of creative I like. I don't think we had too many. Do we ever like talk about these like really artsy dudes? Cause he's one of them artsy dudes. <laughs> yeah, he was. No, he was one of the. Um, cause there was a. And smarty if I can find it. <laughs> he yeah. 